the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. be seated. 
This is now my third Christmas at St. Philip, hard as that is to believe sometimes. But in 2020, my first Christmas here, our sanctuary had been transformed into a film studio. As we recorded our Christmas Eve service piece by piece on December 22nd, with only the liturgical actors, readers, assisting ministers, and our production team for a worshiping assembly. In 2021, with eager anticipation, we looked forward to being together in person for Christmas Eve again, and we were, though under the fearful reality of a holiday COVID resurgence. So now in 2022, what could go wrong? The National Weather Service laughed, and I nearly cried reading the words, winter storm warning at the beginning of the week. And apart from the weather, congregational challenges of what it means to be a church in our present reality loom before us. Christmas hasn't exactly felt like the most hopeful time of the year lately. If anything, it's perhaps been one of the most stressful, maybe even fearful. There's a lot to be afraid of these days. War around the world, violence on our city streets, in our neighborhoods, and in our schools. The grief of our own personal losses. Separation from loved ones. Uncertainty about what the future holds. Surely fear preceded and surrounded the birth of Jesus that holy night. An unplanned teen pregnancy, and out of wedlock, no less. A difficult journey required by the order of an oppressive foreign empire. The difficulty and pain of labor and delivery with no place to rest. The separation from home and from their community. O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. Hope, the carol says, exists right alongside fear, not in place of it. The Advent season preceding Christmas is one of hope, and on the first Sunday of Advent, many churches light the candle on the Advent wreath to remember the promised hope of Christmas. Now, we throw that word around a lot, don't we? I hope it snows. I hope it doesn't. I hope we have pizza for dinner. I did not look this up before I started this sermon, um, so hopefully this isn't touchy for anybody. I hope the bears win. I don't know, are they? What a, well, there's a, that kind of hope, though, well, indeed, expressing a real desire for something feels more like a magic wish of sorts, like something that may or may not actually happen, and at the end of the day, while we might be a little sad if we don't get our way, it doesn't really matter, right? That kind of hope is a wishful thinking kind of hope but I'm much more interested in a different kind of hope. How often does what we desperately wish for come true 
one blogger begins as she recounts the experience of visiting Peru with her friends and promptly losing their very expensive camera with all the footage of their trip in the back of a taxi. Over the course of the next several days, in a desperate attempt to recover their camera, she recounts how Peruvians from all walks of life came together to help us. And over and over again, during the ultimately successful search, one word they heard kept being repeated, almost like a mantra or even a prayer. Ojalá. I first learned ojalá in a high school Spanish classroom during a lesson on the subjunctive mood. Ojalá que fill in the blank. In contemporary usage, ojalá most often expresses a kind of inconsequential wishful thinking, like trying to track down a missing camera. I hope you find it. I hope you can track down the taxi driver. I hope he's honest enough to give it back, right? That kind of hope. But interestingly, you didn't think you'd come to Christmas Eve and get a grammar lesson, did you? But interestingly, the linguistic origins of ojalá come from an Arabic phrase meaning, if God wills it. While that might not so much track with the contemporary Spanish usage of the word, this sense of ojalá, if God wills it, evokes a different, deeper kind of hope. It's like the kind of hope that Martin Luther expresses in his hymn paraphrase of Psalm 130, which isn't exactly an Advent or Christmas carol, but maybe it should be. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord God, hear me calling. Incline your ear to my distress. The hymn begins. I wonder if Mary prayed this psalm when the angel told her that she was pregnant. How can this be? I wonder if Joseph prayed this psalm when the angel shared the same startling news with him and left him wondering what on earth he was going to do with the very life of his fiancée in jeopardy and possibly his own reputation on the line. I wonder if the young couple prayed this psalm together on the 90-mile trek to Bethlehem from their hometown, wondering if, ohala, they would even make it. And when they did, again, wondering if they'd have to spend the night wandering the streets. There is a kind of hope born out of fear and distress that is deeper than any wishful thinking. Luther's hymn and the psalmist's prayer come from the depths of their distress, but they don't end there. In you alone, O God, we hope. Hope as Israel in the Lord who sends redemption through the word. That kind of hope trusts in something greater than ourselves and a future beyond our present circumstances. Mary and Joseph and even the shepherds had their fears to be sure. But they also had hope. 
Hope that things could be different. Hope that this child would be the one to redeem God's people. Hope that trusted in the dawn of God's reign of justice and peace. Hope draws the shepherds away from their flocks by night to seek out with haste this Savior, the Messiah, the Lord, born to them this day. Hope draws Mary to treasure the words of this promise and to ponder them deeply in her very being. Hope, as Luther believed, draws us more closely to the presence of God, more closely to the promise lying in the manger of Bethlehem. The hopes and fears of all the years are met here, tonight. Yes, there is much in our lives and in the world to evoke fear. And no, the circumstances of even my third Christmas Eve at St. Philip might not be exactly ideal with weather and wind chills in godly depth, ungodly depths. But thank God the promise doesn't depend on any of that. Thank God the promise doesn't depend on the absence of fear or uncertainty. Thank God the promise doesn't depend on the perfect circumstances. Thank God the promise is born anyway. Madeline Lengel puts it this way in her poem, The Risk of Birth. This is no time for a child to be born. With the earth betrayed by war and hates, and a comet slashing the sky to warn that time run, runs out and the sun burns late. That was no time for a child to be born in a land in the crushing grip of Rome. Honor and truth were trampled by scorn, yet here did the Savior make his home. When is the time for love to be born? The inn is full on the planet Earth, and by a comet the sky is torn. Yet love still takes the risk of birth. Against all odds, defying all risks, in spite of all fears, hope is born again this night. And amid everything that seeks to rob us of joy, this hope tells a different story. Because this hope stubbornly and irrefutably insists on good news of great joy. Merry Christmas. Amen. <laughs>